when I was coming through the ranks with my football and my football, and I was playing with people like Dennis Green and Dave Green as a as a youngster, you know, and stuff. They were the ones that were teaching you, the, you know, the dark arts as they're called and stuff, and saying, right, first one, smash him. The ref will let you get away with this, and he'll say no more. That's your first one, son. And then you can probably smash him again, and it would only be a yellow card. And then you know, maybe if you actually smash him again for each other, then that you'd only get a red card. Then you know, that's how the games change. But certainly now, if I sort of played now at a decent level now, yeah, I don't think I'd, uh, I wouldn't see many minutes on the pitch. Welcome to the latest episode of Wearing the Red and Green. In this week's podcast, I speak to our tough tackling former defender, Dave Tilbury. Tilps was a stalwart at Stagmeadow throughout the 2000s and we discuss how he learnt some of those dark arts of defending, that tackle on John Case, together with a number of his favourite memories wearing the red and green. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey Tilbs, thanks so much for joining the podcast. Right, Jaggy, yeah, good to see you mate. And you, how are things? Very good, thanks. Very good. Not bad at all. Still playing Yourself? football? Uh, very occasionally. Five aside with a few local lads. A couple of them played at an all right level uh, once every three weeks because I'll play and then the back would be aching and it'd take me two weeks to get over it and then I'll play again. And uh, every time I go out, I'm like, oh, right, okay, don't run around like a lunatic. Just take it easy. And but how I play, you know, you get into it after ten minutes, I'm running around like a lunatic, and the back goes, and then I regret it for like a week after. So yeah, very occasionally, once or twice, twice a month, you know. Do you still polish the elbows? <laughs> well, that's one of the reasons that I go to this one is because it's not like a power league where you're playing against another team, and you're like, right, they're the enemy, we've got to beat them. It's the same group of lads that go down and play each other each week, so like, don't get so emotionally involved, you know. And, <laughs> just a bit more chilled you know <laughs> i love it but listen i want to take you back to the start so back to 2002 um yeah. and at the time were bottom or close to bottom of the league yeah. how did the move to windsor come about and what did dennis do say to attract you to to come to stag meadow yeah so i had played with i think i played with both of them the the, the green brothers um i played with them at Wildstone, I think I played with both of them. Um, and oh, of course, yeah, I forgot that. There at Wildstone, yeah, so I played there. I was, I was a young lad there, and I played played with them there. So, um, and it was great playing with them and stuff. Uh, and then I got a call, uh, and Green said he'd be given the job from I think he took over from Byron, maybe. Yeah, and that, that the Windsor are struggling and stuff and all that. And, and I think I mean, I come from the start of the season. I think I come maybe halfway through the season or something. Towards yeah, the end. Yeah, it's sort of towards the end of the season. He's like, look, come. You know, he sort of, I think he sort of held his hands up to me and said, we're bloody terrible at the moment, but we're trying to build, you know, and we know we're not going to do, you know, we're not going to finish anywhere great. We're trying to scrape and survive this year and build him for next year, really. And uh, and I knew what Dennis was like, and we sort of played with him and his brother, and I was like, yeah, okay, jumped at the chance. I love that, I love that. And obviously that, I mean, I guess that season, no teams could get relegated, right? So it did allow players like you, I think Chippy, Shaggy, that, came in during that period just to, I guess, sell with no pressure. 
Yeah, and that's what he sort of said. He said, like, look, you know, we're, we're no good and, you know, we're, we're down near the bottom, but don't worry, we're not getting relegated, you know. Uh, so, you know, because if, if managers are hard sell to say, we're in a relegation dogfight, you're going to come along. Everyone's like, no, nah, see you later, mate. I'll see you next season. Um, him and him and Fergie, um, who obviously was his assistant, they, they were like, look, you know, it's no one's getting relegated. So, yes, you know, we've almost got to forget about this year in a way, try and build together and, and think about next year um, because this year doesn't matter to so sense because you can't get relegated you know and that and that following year i mean obviously worked right because we had that fa trophy run um which was fantastic like, what were your memories of that that trophy run and well you know it starts from obviously like you say bringing in at the end of that year I myself coming a few other players chippy kieran adams people like that and well you know chippy was a space cake you know like he was just a wonderful <laughs> guy uh, but an absolute space cake and uh, I remember one game was playing with Chippy. I think it was a way to Harrow Borough. And he said to me, Tills, what are we doing here? And I said, what do you mean what are we doing here? He said, what are we doing here? I said, we're playing against Harrow Borough away in a cup or whatever, a league game. Like, we had to play football. And he's like, what are we doing on earth? And I'm like, Chippy, go away from me. Like, what are you talking about? I said, Flippica, you are a space game. I said, don't talk to me. Go over there on the far left. I'm right back. Stay away from me, you know. But what a great player. You had, you had like, him on the left side. Um, you obviously Sean Dyke on the other Sean Dyke on the other who again was a like you know country bumpkin absolute I think he had too much fresh air out there in the fields because he would when he come to the car park it was always wrong with your car he thought it'd be clever to cut the suspension springs on his car so that it would like lower his car so it was like a low rider but of course going over that bumpy car park at the time it was just sparks flying off his car every time you come in you're like bloody I've got these two absolute flipping <laughs> Space cakes on the wings, but what players, you know, you just look to give them the ball and they, and they would get down and, and cause damage. And I think, I think that year as well, I think David, you said David Carroll come in and I think Parso come in as well that year, yeah. rightly. Um, and, and, you know, like great players, just adding great players, sort of set us up for that, for that cup run, you know, like we, from having that disappointing year last year at the end when we all come in and agreed to Cobar to all sort of being like, okay, We've got that, and obviously brought Greg O'Connor in that year. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when he come, he was a sort of young lad and a bit, bit of a sort of, sort of left winger. Really, he was, but because we had Chippy on the side, he, he he wouldn't get in the side there. So Green sort of threw him up top, and uh, you know, Craig got on the weights and more weights and more weights, and he ended up being flipping wider than he was taller, Craig. You know, and like. <laughs> and just a ball of energy. You know, he's one of them characters. Like love him or hate him, he would. He would be on the pitch. He would just be nausing everyone up. He'd be nausing you up, the defenders up, their manager, our manager, the ref, the fans. You know, we would just be a live wire everywhere. But I think that energy is what what why he done so well for us and why he fed off uh, Chippy and Dikey and why he went on to bigger and better things. You know, like he just he, that energy took him took him to to better places. But in terms of in terms of that side for that year, you know that that was we had a good. A good side, especially a good attacking side. You know, we could we could get at, we could get our people, and we proved that. You know, with the with the with the cup run. Um, I think if I remember rightly, we beat someone like Tame. Someone yeah, like Tame. Yeah, that's when yeah. uh, Hilly dived Hilly in the hay, dived. which was frozen. Say, that was the, like that was unbelievable. I, I don't know what the hell the hay, the hay was doing on the side of the pitch. <laughs> no idea why that was there, but I remember. I think he come on and scored the winner or something. Hilly Gordon Hill. And he just done his dive into the haystack, and you know, and then when we celebrate with the fans and thrown up in the air. So that's a nice sort of 
some nice memories. He was a good character. And I think just little things like that when you're in a side, it just sort of bonds the lads and everyone's you know, buzzing on. Just, you know, as, as silly as it is, you know, those little things just help lift us and sort of lifted us into the game which I think was the Saturday we, we drew with them at home, didn't we, Vauxhall Motors? In the, we drew, we drew at home. Yeah, and, like, well, after we drew at home, did, like, because they were a good side, like, they were a quality side, like, league above, top of the Northern... Lion. Or whatever. I think they played QPR in the FA Cup or something earlier in that season. But, like, go, after we drew that first game, did the lads think, oh, maybe we've lost the opportunity... You know, kind of, we obviously went into that replay, but suddenly in that replay, we were unbelievable. Up, up I, think, I think almost probably the other way, Gigi. I think it was like, like you know, yeah, we were scared a little bit going into the first game or, or you know, whatever you want to call it. But after after getting one all against him, it wasn't like, he was like, oh, okay, well, they're, they're just human like we are. Mm. And we're playing in a better league and stuff and that. But actually, you know, we knew... We knew that we could get at them, you know, and that was the thing. We knew with the wingers we had, Craig up top in live on quality, Dave Carroll in the middle, and a few of the other players around in passing. We knew we had a we had a chance, you know. And I think when we went up there, like Green set the stall out to go, let's get at them, you know, let's get at them. We've seen we can get at them. Let's get. Them. And that's what we've done. The first twenty minutes, I think we went three new up or whatever. Yeah, it was it. unbelievable. Like it they, was, they did not know what hit them. <laughs> it was just one of those unbelievable games where, you, where you're almost like, going, how the hell has this happened? You know, like, look, don't get me wrong. After we went 3 0 up, it was tin hats time. It was flipping absolute. Uh, I think it was Trevor Bunting in goal. We just got peppered. It was absolute tin hats time, but we hang on quite all, all right and, you know, you know, dealt with the pressure that they, they applied to us. And, yeah, getting that victory was, yeah, one of the big, one of the big nice memories for, for being at Windsor and having that run. I think it was. Did the guys think they could? they could go on and win it after that because like so many big teams, I remember that season had got knocked out. Yeah. You you do look at a draw and go, hang on a second. We've got a bit of a, you've got a bit of a chance. Here. You know, it's always that way in those, when you progress in those sort of bigger cup competitions, you either want the, the biggest team, you know, so you get a great game or almost the, the, the lowest team. So you think, okay, that's an easier game, you know? Yeah. Um, and obviously we went on to play Aylesbury, um and, I think we were fairly confident, but I think if I remember, we also had a sort of a few injuries around the time. I think I was injured, um, uh, and I think there was a few others that was injured, and I can't remember certainly that game. But around that time, I remember there being a sort of few injuries and stuff yeah. like that, you know. So I think I think it was sort of it was disappointed to to beat Vauxhall Motors and lose to Aylesbury. You know, you, you go for that high and being a great team up at theirs away on a Tuesday night. And then you go to that low of, of, of losing, even though, if I remember, it, it was a game we drew to Alfred, didn't we? And then the replay was up right. Replay. Yeah. I think David Scar- Carroll scored flipping a weldy, I think, late doors. Yeah, to send it into extra time. Yeah, I remember smashing it in. And then obviously went to extra time and, and penalties, if I remember rightly. We went yeah, to it did. Was. Yeah, yeah. It was. And that's a bad way to go out on, on, on penalties, you know? It's. it's, it's it's, it's literally a lot where anyone can, can win and it, you've been on that run. It's, it feels unjust, but that's, you know, what else you do? You've got to end the game. You know, you can't go on forever. You've had, you've had two chances and we, we didn't take, we didn't take the chances we have. And so that was, yeah, that was disappointing going out in, in, in that way. You know, you'd, you'd rather have got beat by Vauxhall Motors up there really in a way, you know. And Dennis bought you, you mentioned like Dave Carroll earlier, Dennis brought in a few experienced players like Jason Cousins and Scotty. What did they bring to the squad and what did you learn from 
particularly someone like Jason Cousins and getting to play alongside someone like Jason? Yeah, so I think I think Cuzzo did Cuzzo come in a year after that, I think. Year maybe. after. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was after Cuzzo. So it's funny because I think it was Cuzzo that I'd seen on like Saint and Greavesy when he absolutely flying kicked someone, like tucking him around his neck kind of thing when he was at uh, Wickham Wanderers. And uh, and I'd seen that and I remember seeing it as a kid, funny enough, and uh, or a, a younger lad, shall I say, and uh, so when I see that, I thought, oh, me and him are going to get on all right. That's you know, that's you know, <laughs> he, knows, he knows a few, he knows a few tricks and stuff. And you know, that year he brought in Cuzzo. Um, who else did he bring in from from Wickham that year? Because there was some that year and some the next year. But I think Cuzzo coming he, that- in that year, I think. Yes, yeah, Scotty come in that year as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think Scotty and 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 you know, all of a sudden you're playing with Cuzzo, Dave Carroll, Keith Scott. You know, and the all right, the legs weren't the same as they used to be, and they would pick up injuries a bit more, and would probably struggle to play Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday. But when they played, like you know, it was, and especially for me, it just it just helped my game, helped my game in terms of the little tips that you you either knew or forgot about because you were just too lazy to, to, to do it in your game or you'd lost and you'd forgotten about them and some new stuff and that, you know. So um, even, though I was, even though I wasn't a young, young lad, I was still like learning bits of the game, you know, and, and, and or I'd learned and forgot because just of laziness and stuff and that, you know, and they just reminded you to be better and play better and try and play your, play your best. But also that they would help, they would get you out of holes. You know, if you was in a hole in a tight squeeze and you know, you know, you could trust them and you could rely on them and you could give them the ball and say, yeah, go on, cheers, you know, get, get me out of trouble here. Or you could find Scotty with a long ball and you know, it'd be, it'd be on the end of it, you know? So yeah, it, it was, it was, it was great playing with them to learn, but also it was great for my game. You know, I've really benefited from having those sort of players around Cazzo covering you know, if you've missed a tackle or whatever. Um, being able to find David whenever he's got two players on him, just give it to him, you know, smashing up your squad. So, so personally, my game actually, like you know, was was beneficial because of them having them guys around. And what did um, like Dennis bring as manager? Because as you say, like he'd gone from us being bottom of the table to within twelve months being, you know, one of the better te- better teams in that division. Greeny had this ability. He, you know. Almost that kind of, you know, you'd probably compare him to that kind of Harry Redknapp thing where he was a really good man manager. And I yeah. think he understood people really well. And he would, he, you know, he played at a good level and stuff and all that. So he knew the game and he knew the non-league game as well. Um, and he had the ability to try and get the best out of you. But in a way where, you know, he'd dig you out afterwards if you missed the header or whatever, you know, didn't get the tackle or something or give away a penalty, he'd dig you out. But it would also then, you know, some managers would hold a grudge against you for weeks and maybe not even play you or whatever, three, four weeks because you've made this one mistake or something. It'd be forgotten about in 10 minutes time. It'd be, you know, you'd be in the bar and stuff and that, you know? And so I think he had that real ability to, to, you know, he was a likable lad when he, you know, and, and he had that and that, that he cheeky smile and stuff. And, you know, you, you couldn't fall out with it. It was tough to fall out with Greeny, even if he just shouted at you, you'd be like, right, come on, mate, let's have a drink or whatever, you know? So, he, he had he, he had that he had that ability with people yeah that, that really made a great match and obviously went on to sort of bigger and better things really you know. Now the following year we challenged Lewis for the title. Yes, what were the memories of that season and in particular the away game down at Lewis. 
yeah, so that was that was was back in the was that the year we were back in the prem was it because we got was that no that was the year before I think we had to win that uh, to get back to okay. get into the prem I think okay. they promoted like the top six that's in the top six and that's right yeah so and and yeah I remember now and we were sort of pretty confident in getting in the top six because we you know we had a really good side then green managers had some good players and it was great being in uh, you, for me you can't beat being in a title run you know and and. You get the whole season out of it. The the, the cup the cup game against Vauxhall Motors and stuff is great, but you you don't sort of every week you're not thinking about the cup. Here occasionally you play a game and oh we're in the next round, next round. But the league, if you're in a title race, every league you know you're buzzing. Everyone's talking about oh did so and so beat so it's a one all draw over there. That means we're up one. You know, so each week you're buzzing. The fans are buzzing. Everyone's there. So you can't beat that for the morale around the ground and the feeling you get when you're going out there. It really helps lift you. You know, you're going out onto that pitch and it's. You're not just away on a cold Tuesday night to somewhere in the middle of nowhere. You're like, this is flipping massive three points on the table. You know, we, we want to win this, you know. So that 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 against Lewis was a good run. And I think we we sort of, if I remember over sort of Christmas, we were top for a while. We, we yeah, actually we went top. Yeah. And, you know, that's great. And that's, you know, everyone's trying to shoot you down. So the pressure's on. So everyone's coming to you going, you're top of the league. You're top of the league. Um, and I think we went we went down there went down and played them away, I think maybe just before Christmas. And my good friend, I think, played for them then, who actually played for Windsor. I can't remember if he played for Windsor before or after. So Tony Reed, Reedy. Yep. He had a little, very little spell at Windsor. I can't remember if it was after or whatever, but he played up front then. And he was always difficult to play against because he was big and strong and fast, you know, challenging in the air and stuff. And that put himself about. But um, I think we, we, we beat them down there 2-1. I think David scored, David Carroll scored. Yeah, he did. Oh, you know, so so that was great. You go down there, beat them, and then results over Christmas go away, and we're top of the league. You know, so you're thinking happy days. You know, we're we're in for a run in. Just a shame, a bit. I think that you know the fact that we did have such a good, experienced side towards the end of the season that then goes against you because you start to pick up the knocks. The players, yeah. you know, players can't recover quick enough and stuff, and that where where the, the the side was older. That's what got us to the top of the league. And we probably quality. didn't have the strength and depth, right? No. Like no. brilliant start in 11. But as you say, those injuries come. Those injuries come and those injuries come along. And then, you know, you, you, can't, you can't recover. But, you know, you've got great players and everyone was up for it. And even in training sessions, you know, I remember like, I remember like Cuzzo, two-footing Craig in training just because everyone was so up for it. And, that, and, and then that turned into a fight and the pitch and they had a little roll around and stuff. But, I love that because for me, that means people aren't sacking it off and just turning up, want to turn up, get their money and go. It's like people want to win, even in training. You know, we, we sort of had that about us, which is great. You know, that's what I think got us really where we was in the league. You know, made it such a, a good team that we had. It was, yeah, just unfortunate we sort of we sort of fell away a bit. You know, we fell away a bit with the injuries, which is which is disappointing after I've done all done all that hard work. You know. Talking about passion, like in those in those years under Dennis, we had some good battles against Slough, which yeah. you always um, you were always really pumped up for those games. Like, what did those derbies mean to you? Yeah, I loved them because I loved it when like the fans were buzzing, or the fans hated you on the other side and were saying, "Oh, this, oh, Dilbury, or well, you know." And I loved that. That like that's really spurred me on and got me going. So 
So, and like, you know, there was that massive rivalry of Windsor and, and Slough and there was always that and the fans got angsty. And also it was like, it would always be like a lot of them were the Christmas Day Boxing Day event or the, or the New Year's Day one, you know, so it was a great time. Loads of people there and stuff. It was quite cold and that. And, you know, you knew a lot of their players, they knew you or you'd see them out and about and stuff. So I, and I just loved that, you know, and, and you'd play against, you know, people you played with and for and stuff. And yeah, and, and yeah, I, 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 that's what I thrived on, you know, that kind of everyone getting stuck in. That was my game, you know, and, and yeah, so I loved I, it. It's one of the games I look forward to, uh, to playing every year, the two games, you know. Now, listen, the following year, Dennis left um, about midway through the season. How much of a shock and disappointment was that for like you and a lot of the, a lot of the players? Like, did any of you see it coming? Yeah, well, like you said, like, obviously we finished, in, uh, I can't remember if we finished the season before, but it was enough to get promoted back into the Prem. Um, I think we've come third in there maybe, but we got promoted into the Prem and that, that was great. So that was good stepping up a league and he, and he brought in, he brought in a couple of great players at the start. I think he got the uh, Holes Groves in, so so yep. Holes come in. Um, Lee Kersley come in, great player. Fat Elvis, we called him because he looked like Elvis, but with a few more pounds. And he'd stand in the bar, and the and the ladies would just literally queue up to speak to him. He had that like rugged, <laughs> good good look about him, you know. And he could play, you know. He'd been at Spurs and stuff, and he, he could play. And um, I think I think we'd already lost Craig. I think Cousin retired. Craig, Craig, Craig had gone to Maiden. Yeah, so Craig, Craig had already gone. Um, but it was weird, yeah, because if you're in trouble and you're right down the bottom of the league, you almost expect the manager to, you know, the rumours start circling and people are like, bloody hell, he's, you know, he could be going through and stuff. But there wasn't that, you know, and we'd had a good side and we'd done well before we got promoted, you know, so you, were, you, wasn't, you wasn't expecting that. And all of a sudden, it, yeah, it literally come out, come out the blue, you know, I think... Didn't he sign someone and you took him with him? Like uh, Dean, Dean, is it Dean Holtz? Have he signed and took him with him or someone? Or Dean Clark. Dean Clark, that was it. Dean, Dean Clark. Clark, he signed. Dean Clark, he signed and he played a game or a couple of games and then he's gone with him, you know, and you're like, bloody hell. So, yeah, and I, I think what it does, it kind of takes the momentum out of the season because you've sort of bought into something and you've bought into the club and you've bought into that manager and what he's saying and wants to do. And then, you know, look, everyone would have probably, most people would have done that move. You know, he's gone to a club that were higher at the time mm. and probably had a better budget and stuff. So you can't begrudge Greeny for doing that. And quite honestly, as much as everyone had bought into Greeny and the club, if a club from a higher level would have come in for probably most of the players, the truth be known, most players would would, would go as well, you know? Um, and, and obviously a couple did go with Greeny. Um, that's football, that's how it is, you know? Um, because, you, you, you know, if you're not playing as well, you're going to get dropped or if you get too old, you, you don't play. And if you're playing well, you, you, you move up as much as you would love a club and a manager. So I don't think you can begrudge really, but it did come as a shock and, and I think it really disrupted the season and you kind of lost momentum and a, and a little bit of like, oh, okay, well, oh, well, that's happened, you know, and it's like, okay, what what, what are we playing for, you know? So I think that, and that really, I think that sort of showed, you know, obviously, Davy Carroll come in as, as manager. And for me, I was quite gutted about that because Davy was playing a lot of time and Davy was playing close to me. They would play centre mid or right mid. And, and that was great, like I said, for my game. I could just give him the ball and know yeah. that he'd be all right. And I knew when he became manager, he wouldn't play as much. So I was actually, as much as I loved you know playing for him as a manager, I knew that he wouldn't play as much. So I was a bit, I was a bit gutted that that, that that case would come, you know? I was going to say, like, because we struggled under Dave. But yet we had a good side. 
Like, what, what do you think that was? I mean, I guess in a way that you've hit a nail on the head there, though, right? As well as losing Dennis, we lost Dave as a central midfield player. Exactly that. So, you, so you lose Dave because he's standing on the side instead of playing. Um, if I remember rightly, we sort of drew. We seemed to drew loads of games. You know, we would sort of win one, lose one, then draw three. You know, so it was a very sort of a season that way. You know, we had a couple of people come in. I think I think that was the year that that, that Morgan Gomez played for us. You know, the guy mm. who got from he went on, but it was weird because he couldn't even get in the side all the time. You know, so he'd be off on the bench and fair play went on to the to smash it. You know, um, but yeah, yeah, it was a shame. It was a shame that Green went. And I think I think all I can say is really that the, the it was the momentum. You know, it was that momentum that that we we sort of struggled with because we had some, we had a great side still. We still had mm. a very good. Um, I think was that the year that was that the year that he brought in Jarvo that year. I think he brought yeah, in Jarvo. Yeah. Um, you know, so you look at the players you had, you know, flipping out, bringing Jarvo, and like, you know, you see him coming in, you know, man mountain, you know, you know, no one's going to mess about with him, and the, 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 he was a bit of an intimidating character to the to the opposing team. You know, I, I actually remember when he when he first came in, he was like, I forget the first game we played, but he said Tills. Don't pass me the ball. And I said, What do you mean, don't pass you the ball? You know, usually these players are like, Give me the ball and I get on it. He's like, Don't pass me the ball. I said, What do you mean, don't pass you the ball? He said, If you get the ball right at the back, you're in trouble, just kick it out. Don't pass it to me. And I was like, Tom, what are you on about? He said, Look, I want to get a contract down here this year. You know, I want to get out of Hampton Richard Rewards. I want to play here. Um, but, you know, I want to press on my first game. He said, I'll head every single ball that comes and I'll kick every single player and I'll win every single tackle, but I'm not the best of them on my feet. So just don't give it to my feet because I want to get a contract. And I was like, all right, no worries. So I kicked it out as normal instead of giving it to him and he got a contract. So, uh, <laughs> but he, you know, he was great. He, like I said, you know, he, he intimidated people. He intimidated the ref. I've seen the ref booking him before and the ref's hand shaking with the yellow card in it because he was so scared to give it to him. And But even like with, with your own players, he, you know, especially with the younger lads coming through, you knew you had to be at it with Jarvo there. Like at half time once, I remember uh, Spenny Walsh, a good friend of mine, uh, Spenny, he, he, he said to Jarvo, I said to him, Spenny, like up your game, like whatever it was, make that pass or whatever it was. And I think he said, F off Jarvo like that. Jarvo ripped the electric radiator off the wall, literally ripped off the wall and threw it at his head. And it was the funniest thing ever because it was like, you know the anvil in the cartoons where it sort of flies towards something, so it's flying, it's flying, uh, <laughs> it's flying vertically towards Benny's face, and it literally stopped about a foot in front of his face because because it was an electrocuting, it was plugged in on a lead, and the lead extension went to its full capacity, and so it just, and then it just fell like an anvil in a cartoon down, and Benny went white, you know, but. Java would have taken any prisoners, even if he, even if he was on his side. He was like, you know, you've got to be at it. You know, uh, another time with like John, John Casey, he uh, he come into the side and he was you know tricky and fast, and he'd, he'd been injured and he'd just come back in training, and uh, he I think he'd flipped the ball over Java's head or he'd nutmegged him or something, and uh, Java said to him, "You do that again, Casey, and uh, you're gonna get it." Sure enough, Casey gets the ball again, nutmegs him again, or whatever goes past him. Java just walks up to him and I think he need him like right in his like in his fire, give him a little dig. And it's like, don't you ever do it. I told you again, you know, like to give him some. Need to say Casey was out for a couple of weeks on the injury bench again, but he knew never to take the mick out of Java, you know. But you need those players sometimes in in in, in non-league. 100%. And you need those sort of players, you know. So yeah, it, it was 
it was strange that we didn't do so didn't do so well. You know, the the I, I, the, the biggest thing I think is is that mid season that mid season change. You know, for me, which mm-hmm. took them. the field i know that was a difficult time for you when you were caught up in all the london bombings and stuff was i don't want to get personal into that but was football a bit of a release for you during that period yeah and you, you know once once you've stopped playing you actually realize you know you see stuff now about uh you'll read a lot of stuff about mindfulness and meditation and stuff like mm. that for me and i didn't know it at the time and i didn't realize it yeah, yeah, yeah. But looking back on it now reflecting Football was the most mindfulness stuff I've ever done. And still want to play five-a-side football now. I sort of realised that, you know, your phone's completely off. You know, if you're in the gym, your phone's still on or whatever. You get so many distracted. Football's that thing. You've got an hour and a half. You One, you, you're not getting distracted by your phone or whatever work stuff. But also, you're literally concentrating that whole 90 minutes. And you're just in that m- moment playing football. And it was a release, yeah. You know, from the stuff that had gone on, like you say, that I'd, that I'd got I was involved in and stuff and that. And, you know, whatever you're thinking or thoughts or about all that stuff, that just, you just forget about that, you know, and you just got, it is a nice release and you, and you see it and you can almost see it sometimes, you know, a few programs recently about players, troubled players who had sort of been brought up in the game and they might, there might have been some like abuse going on and stuff and all that, but, you know, and a real terrible childhood. So I'm not saying that was me because that certainly wasn't, but you can see that they played and they become great players at top levels because I think the release of the game just got them away from bad parents or the or the bad coach or something, you know, and they was on the pitch and forgot about it. So yeah, I think I think football is a great list and I think, you know, that's kind of underrated. And I think that's why loads of people play it. You know, even people that are not particularly good footballers love playing and going away to play. It's that hour and a half release, you're with your mates and you're forgetting about everything else, all your troubles, whatever it is, family, work, trouble, money, whatever you've got, you know. So I think that's why it's it's literally the greatest game on earth, you know, because it does it allows you to do that. And and I guess as well, it just makes you appreciate stuff a lot more, right? Exactly that, you know, and you, and, you know, you you appreciate as well, like you know, the fact that you can that you're able to run about and flip in and and, and play the game, you know, and stuff where where you look at other things and people are not able to do that, you know. So yeah, it really makes you appreciate of, of the time of football you had, you know. Um, Dave Carroll left end of that year, Simon Lane come in. Um, a lot of players moved on, but you stayed. What was it that you enjoyed about the club to stay and try and help us get back up? Yeah, so, you know, I've been at Windsor, obviously, uh, a long time. You know, played, played, played a lot of games and stuff and seen a few managers come and go. And Windsor's a great club. It's, it's weird, Windsor. It's, it seems to attract, the people it seems to attract there always seem to be good people. And that's the players the fans, um, you know, people that help around the club and stuff. It's just a good vibe. There's no sort of angst, I suppose, would be the word, where you go to some clubs and it's very, the players hate the manager, the manager hates the chairman, the the fans hate the chairman, you know, and it's all that going on. And yeah, of course, everyone has their gripes and moans and stuff. And of course, you know, all human. But in general, it was a great amateur and a good place to be. You really looked forward to going, you know, like some clubs, you know, players were playing there literally just for their pay packet and hated everyone in the team. And it was, it was never like that at, at Windsor. And, and also, I'd actually played with Simon Lane. So at Hayes, 
I played with Simon Lane Hayes. Lovely. For a you while. played for it. You played with every manager. <laughs> well, well, literally every manager that I had at Windsor, I played with. That's that's true. You know, so all of them. I played with all of them. Scotty, Dave, Brown, yeah, 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 and Simon Lane. I'd actually played with all of them. So, sorry, where did you play with Simon? Uh, at Hayes. I uh, played. I right. played with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, a uh, couple of games, I think maybe reserves rather than the first team. I don't think he ever played first team there, but when I was playing in the reserves rather than the first team there, I played with him there a bit, yeah. Uh, and not for long, but for a bit enough, you know, and he was a centre-back as well, so we sort of played together for a little bit. So I knew him, you know, so that was, it was quite interesting. So that, that also made it easier to stay as well, you know, because you, you know the person coming in and I think he'd contacted me, you know, said that he's coming in or whatever, you know. So, so yeah, that made it easy to stay. I loved the club, loved the people, you know, uh, love being there and, and you know uh, you know some people some people went there was quite a big exodus if I remember rightly of people mm. coming in people coming out and he and he obviously brought his people in you know um, you know the I think the the season before that Dave Carroll brought a load of players in he brought you know I think you had like yeah, loads of people go but I remember the the that season Simon Lay brought a load of people in you know Um you had, I think, you brought Mazza, the goalkeeper. You had Fermi, Jamie Fermi, come back, I think, maybe for his second spell. Virgil, yeah. um, Coops, Seeds, I think Ursel, maybe, of part of the season. Yeah. Um, uh, Chen, Chen's Ben Porter. Pops, and obviously Chen's. And Porps, I'd played with when he was 16. I'd done a little spell at Kingsbury for a couple of months, I helped a manager out, I knew there for a couple of months playing. And I played with Ports and he was 16 coming through the ranks and he was a tricky little, you know, how he was and stuff. And so I knew he, had, I knew he could play the game, so it's good to see him there. And uh, Chen's, I didn't know, um, but obviously, you know, Chen's, Chen's you know, proved himself as a, as a, as a Windsor man through and through. Uh, I think Joe Chandra might have come that year, you know, another, yeah. another tricky winger. Yash loved the diag and stuff, loved playing, would always give it his, his full works. Only just retired somehow, I don't know how, he's probably 58. <laughs> And uh, he just he just replied, um, and you know, obviously Brunk Coops in as well, top fella, and obviously you know, no surprise he ended up you know doing other stuff for for Windsor later on down the line and that you know, um, and I think he he's got a lot more to offer in the game and probably will do more stuff you know, um, so so yeah, it was a, it was it was a, a a literally changing of the guard, new manager and a, and a big new side. So it was a, you know it was interesting to see and. You know, I think I remember the first game. I think I might have got sent off in the first game. I think we were away. I think I got sent off. It was never sending off. I think the guy slid under my feet while I was in the air and just happened to land on his back with 12 studs. You know, what was I supposed to do? Um, <laughs> but I think that wasn't a great start for me for, for the for, for the year. Um, and I think that year, that kind of typi typified that a little bit where... Um, we were inconsistent, weren't we, that first year? We, we were inconsistent. And I think, you know... Simon Lane was an excellent coach and in terms of his coaching and training was probably one of the, you know, was probably one of the best managers I had at Windsor for that, you know. Um, but he also lacked the other side that like Greeny excelled at that man management, you know, that kind, that kind of like, you know, have a go at you and then have a laugh. So he was learning as, as a manager as well and, a, and, as a, and as a person. And I think that sometimes showed when in, in the games, you know, that, you know, he, he brought in some young lads, we were trying to gel and, uh, that show so we were sort of we were inconsistent you know um, and also you know our our discipline weren't great you know and I think that maybe comes you know again from you know that probably comes from the top you know but uh, you've got to take it but you know yourself you know there was I think you know if you look at the players there 
Coily didn't mind a card or <laughs> Berger, Coops, Seeds, myself. We were all regulars in the referee book. I would get off and out. Seeds was always first for a uh, punch up when we went into town on a, on, in Windsor after a game. You know, if, he, if Seeds give you his watch and said, hold my watch, you knew it was going to kick off. You know, you knew it started. Um, and, you know, it was a bit like that on the pitch with a few of us, you know, and, and, and obviously that went against us because if you're getting bookings and yellow cards, you're getting suspensions and stuff and all that, you know, or you're having to take someone off because they've got a yellow card, you're worried about them getting sent off, you know. So um, we, have, we have wonderful, young, talented players and a great, great group of lads, you know. Um, but, yeah, we sort of, yeah, we didn't quite hit the ground running, so to speak, you know. And when you say that about that discipline, do you think that's what helped when Keith took, Keith and Jim took over? Yeah, because you didn't mess about with them, you know. With, with either of them, you just you just you just didn't you didn't mess about, you know. You you knew it was you know you respected Scotty because you know it played at a top level, um, done it in the high done it highest level, scored at the top level, and I played with him as well, so I respected playing with him. And then I think it was the the year after that, after Tom Lane left, I think. Because I'd left, and I think I come back if I remember rightly. When when Scotty was there, and he said, "Right, you know, uh, tilt on your back or whatever." And and both Jim and Jim and Scotty would, weren't afraid to give you a full, you know, to give you the full verbals, you know. And I, I remember, you know, Scotty, me and Fades in a game went up for a header last minute. Both went for the header. Both of us bumped into each other, missed it. They won through and score. And literally, Scotty just, you know tore us a new one as they said like me and fades just like you know full abuse you know but it was deserved you know and, and you knew and it, and it made you think i'm not letting that happen again you know like i'm, yeah. I'm making sure, i'm making sure i'm wearing you knew you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't get away with it you know you know and you had to respect that now one question i've got to ask you because i i don't know if you heard the the podcast i did with chens but he was telling me the away game at truro there was drain pipe gate <laughs> yeah, and, so, and, but he wouldn't reveal any names who were involved. So I'm going to ask <laughs> you the question. Well, so that year, obviously, Scotty, you know, uh, I come back, and then uh, I think Coiny had re-signed from. Uh, I think he'd been at Marlow. I think he re-signed, and I think he'd sort of he'd grown up on the pitch for his time at Marlow. Uh, let's just say he didn't grow up off the pitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that might give you some clues, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, on the pitch, you know, he was a ginger Zidane. He'd zing the ball around for fun and he was great playing with, but he liked to, he liked to, to, to party off the pitch, you know. And I think he also brought in that year, he'd bring in like, people like Bruce, Kyle, Fakes. Yeah. Um, uh, that year, obviously, top bloke and a, a flipping great player. Um, and so, so we brought in some new characters and some fun characters and everyone liked to, you know, a little, little bit of fun. And uh, I think Kyle joined that year. Um, and you know, he was he loved the party. He would get us dancing in the changing rooms, music on and stuff, and all that. Chris Kale, and he would get us going, and 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 so we had a few boys. And it was the, a lot of the lads at that stage were at that kind of you know middle life kind of like not midlife crisis, but midlife in terms of mid twenties to late twenties, where everyone's probably not quite settled down. You know where the you know some of the squads before you had a few plus everyone was sort of out partying quite a lot and stuff and that and you know some people had girlfriends and stuff but it, it was more a younger age so everyone was out yeah. it was uh yeah it was hard to control boys you know we did get many away days in terms of stayovers and stuff but that you know decided we'd go down on a friday and stay over 
And I think the temptation was just too was too much for the lads, you know. It was just it was just, you know, it's like candy there for babies and you just <laughs> People just going to help himself, and 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 Scotty kind of knew that, uh, uh, and that's why he stayed up till till two in the morning, standing guard. And yeah, a few of the lads that uh, went to town had to uh, had to scupper up the drain pipe. So, and and look, that that and I still think that day we would have beat them. You know, and I know it's easy to say, but no, we you know, would have. Yeah, you know, we were flying, and yeah, even though you know, few few boys went out the night before and stuff and all that. We were prepared. We'd, we'd trained the day before. The morning, we'd trained down on the beach. I think we went for a stroll or a jog and stuff and that. Like, we were we were at it, you know. And, you know, even though the boys went out in town, like, they'd have had a few beers, yeah, of course. But, like, you weren't coming out at four in the morning completely slaughtered. You were just letting off a little bit of steam and no, no harm really done and, and stuff. I really think we'd have beat them. And it was, yeah, it, we was we was just, we felt robbed when we got to the pitch and... The pitch, although it was a bit frozen and cold, was playable. You know, it was definitely playable. The ball would, the ball bounced a little bit. And so, yeah, that that was a tough one to take because obviously, if I remember rightly, they had like four players out. Yeah, that we suspended that that day. We heard that they had players out, and obviously, you know, we were back in the title race, running with them. You know, it was, it was us and them, and and you know, they're the sort of tricks of the game that you know that obviously helped them go. And look, that trip. Is still one of the, you know, you said you talked about gems and obviously I talk about lads if I see them and stuff. That trip, even though we didn't play, and that's the funny thing with football, you have the kind of two sides. You have the football that you really care and love about, but also you have the social side and the time mm. of the lads. That actual trip, look, don't get me wrong, if we could change it, we would definitely rather play them and beat them. But that trip was actually still a great trip, you know, going out with the lads the night before and stuff, training, staying over at a hotel. Um, the trip back... You know, everyone just got lashed on the way back. You know, as soon as the game's called off, we're like, okay, right, you know, let's get on the beers. And I remember we bought a big glass bottle of Scrumpy Jack because we're down there, a big, massive bottle. And funny enough, I spoke to Chris Cahill a few weeks ago. He said he's still got that bottle. He uses it as a money jar, you know, so he's got great memories of that trip. You know, everyone's got lashed up and then realised when they get back to Windsor that they'd park their cars there on a Friday night. I'm thinking, oh, bloody hell, we've all had a few beers now. What are we going to do about the cars, you know? Um, uh, but but that's what happens. And, 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 but then, so that's a, you know, the, a great memory would have been playing the game and winning, but it's still a great fond memory. And, you know, totally. stuff and that. it was unfortunate that eventually we went back down, I think, towards the end of the season when they were fit and flying and they ended up beating us. But look, you can't, I think they ended up beating us by 10 points or something. So the game's irrelevant in that sense. Then, you know, you could, you, you could even say, well, if we'd have nicked that, it's a six-pointer. Six still wouldn't be good enough. They'd have still rightly won it, and they rightly should have with the money they spent and the players they had. You know, they 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 should have they should have done that. You know, what made that side so special that Keith had that Keith had put together? I think I think like I said, the it was real good quality players, and most of them were in the prime of their football career. Where before, where we'd had say like the Wickham contingent that were excellent, and you had all like your. Um, you know, you chat Martinez, you know, all that Moroccan crew that come in and stuff, and Tarek and I, and all, all, you know, Tarek and I, I think was the other guy's name, and then you had all, you know, cousins and stuff. Generally, most of the guys were like towards the twilight of their career, so they're mm. excellent players, but this group of lads were good players, good non-league players, and, you know, many went on to play, you know, slightly higher, but they were almost in the sort of prime age of their life, you know, they're that 25-year-old kind of sort of age, like, you know, so you're not a youngster completely trying to learn the game and you're making your mistakes and you're not, 
really a lot older and struggling with injuries and fitness. So I think that's the that's the the sort of key ingredient. And we, we've got Scotty driving and Jim driving the helm there. You know, you're pushing forward with with a lot of intent um, uh, uh, to, to 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 do it. And you know, and and you had the other side as well because everyone were was in their kind of prime of life. Everyone was bonding because everyone was out all the time and stuff and all that and 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 out and amongst it and. So you were bonding on the pitch and off the pitch. You know, you, you you can't beat winning on the pitch. It's not, you know, and I remember going out there in that side, you know, in that Scotty side there, and we'd go one nil down. And I remember feeling and getting the feeling from the rest of the team. That's all right, lad. Don't worry. We we still we still can win this. It's one nil. It's 20 minutes gone. No worries. And we would often go on to win it because that belief in, in yourself, you know. Um, and, you know, there was that bit of like, arrogance and that I suppose and you know Scotty had that in abundance so when that fed through to the fed through to the team which was great and you need that you know so I remember they somehow used to get I think it was the Chelsea or the Chelsea reserve team coach where we'd go to away games that had all the TVs and tables and all that so it was great yeah so, yeah 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 I remember that so like it looked the nuts you'd pull up at someone's ground and it'd be like shit all over ground bad clubhouse somewhere and like you know you might get there half hour hour early to, to what you needed to to be and we'd just stay on the coach. We wouldn't get off the coach. We'd stay on there because it was great. You had the tables, you're playing the cards, you've got the TV on, a bit of film or something on or whatever, or some football or something. And people would look at us like at the grounds going, you look crazy. Like You look like arrogant or big time. And yeah, it probably was a bit of both of it. But like I said, that helped on the on the pitch. We'd get off and go, right, come on in football time. We're going to go beat you. 1-0, thanks for coming. We're getting back on our nice coach. See you later, you know? Uh, and that's how it was you know that's how it was you really had that confidence around around the team and, and, the, and the players that were there you know now, your final game I think for win, for Winter and Eaton was that box and Bucks final at MK mm. Dons now yes. I could talk to you now about the win all I think the supporters want to know about is that tackle on Casey. <laughs> I'm thinking about this. It's um, it's it's a funny one. I was I was sort of thinking about it the other day, and 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 actually I was speaking to uh, Chris Gale about it the other day. I happened to see him, and we went to watch a football game. Funny enough, and he reminded me before that that actually in the semi final before before that that he scored the winner, and he reckons that I set him up. But I have absolutely no recollection of that, which is really weird. You know, I should really remember setting up someone to get into the cup final. But it's weird. It's football. Sometimes you just don't remember something. Yeah, 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 totally. It was sort of, yeah, he was jogging my memory. I was thinking, yeah, I think I remember, you know. And uh, he was like, well, I definitely remember because I scored the winner to get us through. And uh, and 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 then I think before the cup final, though, we played in the playoffs. Yes, uh, we did. It's Didcot. And... Um, I played and I had an absolute stinker and Scotty dragged me off before half time. So you know you've had a bad game when you get dragged off before half time. He didn't he didn't, he didn't even let me get to half time. He's like, I just had to get you out of there. He was having a stinker and I was like, all right, cheers, mate. So I didn't actually expect to play in the cup final. So that's, you know the reason behind that story is I, I didn't to, I didn't expect to play. I'd been dragged off literally the week before or whatever it was. And uh, I just thought, oh, you know, just and you still go the longest part of the squad and enjoying the day or whatever, but didn't expect to play. And, you, you know, you found out on the day that you was playing. So I was pleasantly surprised. Um, and and you, you sort of, as a footballer, you have to sort of, you, you do have a mentality change from when you go in to either not being in the squad or being in the squad and sub and playing. You know, it's your energy level and stuff. So 
I remember sort of getting myself up for a game and getting a few Red Bulls in me or whatever and stuff and, and all that then because now I'm, now I'm playing, you know. And, yeah, so obviously to get to your question about the, the Casey tackle, look, look, did I, like, did I mean to go in and commit 100% in the tackle and give him absolutely everything I had and to let a player that was going to cause us damage because he, you know, he was tricky, he was fast, he was skillful, he was going to get in behind me. Did I want him running at me all came doing that? Absolutely no chance. Did I want him thinking that every time he got the ball, I'm going to be on him and I'm going to be smashing him and he's going to know I'm there? Yes. And that's, you know, why I'm absolutely 100% committed to the tackle and let him know I was there. Did I mean to break his nose? Of course not. You know, he's a, he's a pal. He's, 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 a, he's a friend of mine. I played with him and stuff and we'd have many nights out and he's, he's a good guy. But that's just football, and that's that's the byproduct of it. When you played like I did, you know, you had to play to your strengths, and you know, my my strengths were my my. It wasn't my, certainly my speed, and it certainly wasn't my ability. You know, it was my it was my strength and my will to win and to get stuck in, and that's what I played to my strength is, and that and that's and you know and that's that's what occurred from that challenge and that, and that game. And I think I think that you know, challenges like that did help you win the game sometimes because the players get a li- bit of a lift from that and stuff. You know. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And, and also, when, when I was coming through the ranks with my football and my football, and I was playing with people like Dennis Green and Dave Green as a as a youngster, you know, and stuff, they were the ones who were teaching you, you know, the dark arts, as they're called and stuff, and saying, right, first one, smash him. The ref will let you get away with this, and he'll say, no more, that's your first one, son. And then you can probably smash him again, and it would only be a yellow card. And then, you know, maybe if you actually smash him again, then that, you'd only get a red card then, you know. That's how the game's changed. Look, it's probably changed for the better, you know, um, because, you know, you're not seeing good players getting injured and, and missing out on, on stuff. Um, but that's how the game was. That's how I learned it. And I, and I had to sort of adjust my game slightly. But certainly now, if I sort of played now at a decent level now, I, yeah, I don't think I'd, uh, I wouldn't see many minutes on the pitch because my, my game is different to, to how it was now. I, I was in that kind of transitional period where the game was absolute, you know, Chopper Harris style to let's get the ball down and pass it. And I sort of was in that in-between phase and sort of, you know, probably one of the sort of last players that sort of got brought up in saying, right, don't worry about tackling, just smash him, you know, and put your studs down the back of his legs. And that, that's what I learned as a kid, you know, as uh, that was the, from, the, from the older players, you know. Do you miss playing? Really miss playing, yeah. Really, really miss playing and miss that camaraderie of the lads. You can't, you can't beat that. I look at, a lot of my friends, most of my friends I have in my life are from football and football friends. And you build bonds and friendships that if I, look, I haven't seen whoever, Jens, I haven't, I haven't spoke to Jens for two years, maybe, or whatever. If I see him in a pub now, we'd probably spend the whole night together and, you know, and, and all that, you know, and just crack on and it wouldn't be awkward or whatever, you know, and you just have a laugh. You, you form those bonds with people that you haven't seen for years and years and you just pick up straight away, you know. So you really miss that. And also, you're having that three times a week. So you're seeing, you're seeing your, what are your best mates at the time three times a week. You're keeping fit. So if, if, you know, fitness and that, you know, is important to you, which, which it was to me and still is, that you're keeping fit and also you're getting a few shrapnels for it as well. So, you know, that'll pay for your beers on a, on a Saturday night out. So it's almost like, okay, well, let's go out Saturday night. That's free because that's, that's paid for, you know? Um, and, and like I say, I didn't realise it at the time, but that kind of, that kind of release of energy and stuff and, and all that on the, on the pitch, that was really good for you and that mindfulness. You know, what, once I stopped playing, um, you know, I'm, I'm quite a friendly, nice, happy drunk, but I was out with my mates and we were away somewhere, I think in Vegas or somewhere on someone's stag do. And sort of, 
you know, got drunk and as people were walking past me, I was sort of barging into them a little bit, kind of looking for the fight. And that's totally not me. And I was never, ever like that. And I'm not like that now. But I think that transition from stopping playing and taking all that energy out and getting all your mm. anger fit, which I certainly did, to then I needed to find another outlet, you know. And then it's a, it's a funny thing. You have to sort of be regimented when you stop playing and say, okay, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week and do some boxing and stuff to take my angst and stuff out there and leave that there away from work and family and stuff, you know. Um, where when you was playing, although we were only, you know, semi-pro and you was only three times a week, you still got told when to come, when to train. And that was a great release for you. It's a great release of all the, you know, bad energy and stuff and that within you. So, yeah, I really miss, I really miss that side. It was really good for you, I think, you know. That's interesting, actually, because that's something like not a lot of people really talk about, is it? I think, I think you know, you've seen it and you see a few players like sort of really struggle and even more so at a pro level where they're six days a week and they've never had anything else. You know, we were lucky in that sense that being semi-pro, you had a work and career outside of it. So you, it wasn't like once you stopped playing, your well's ended and you've got nothing because mm-hmm. you've got your work and, and, and family and stuff and that. But there's still a big part of you that's like you feel's missing there, you know? And that's why a lot of the lads that you speak to will probably say they are still playing, you know, even if it is, you know, like me, a five-a-side or something, because you love it, you know, you miss that camaraderie and that, that release. And, you know, and it, it isn't, isn't spoke about a lot. It's not, it's not a manly thing to do, is it, to say, you know, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to, to do that, you know? So, but, yeah, and, and I think, you know, men and stuff are changing in that way. And, you know, you'll probably see a lot more of the younger players talking about their feelings more where before, you know, we you play, if you talked about your feelings, you, you know, I couldn't imagine sitting down talking about feelings for Java. He'd give you a little dig in the ribs and go, shut up, Tills, come on, get on with it. Come on, what are you about? <laughs> or even when I shut up, Chippy, the story I told earlier, when Chippy was saying, what are we doing it? Actually, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a very probably question that everyone's asked themselves in life for 100,000 <laughs> years. What are we doing it? But you just don't expect to see it on a, on a football pitch. So I told him, what is he on about you know uh, but I think people are definitely opening up more in life and that which is a good thing you know it's going the right way and hopefully that that comes from football as well you know yeah no, 100% 100% now listen I want to finish off with some quick fire questions um but as I say to everyone, they're quick fire, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're easy. So best defender you played with at Windsor? So uh, in terms of best defender, I, I played with a lot of uh, a lot of good good defenders at Windsor all the time, and most of them were actually better than me. But, um, you know, I had people like, you know, Murph, Parso, Butsy, Shimmer, Coops, Kaylmweight, Kazo, you know, Leon Towley, Burjo, Dunlop, Butts. All great defenders, you know, there's so many, you know, so, so many, like I say, all great defenders. And I was there a long time at Windsor as well, you know, so I'd seen a lot of people come and go. But probably if I, if you had to nail me to one, for me, it'd probably be Fakes because he, he had like, he had like the full package really, you know, he had the, he had the ability, he had the aggression when he needed to be. He wasn't a particularly aggressive person, but when he needed to be, he had the aggression, he had the speed, he had the skill. And he had sort of the football brain as well. So for me, he sort of had the full package where all the other players had great bits and, and, and strengths and weaknesses. Where he, where he had, he was, he had the full round sort of package at the time. And you know, it wasn't a surprise he went on to play slightly higher and stuff. And and I think he probably could have played even higher, but he he didn't take life too seriously, Fags. And I think that's probably actually helped him in life in general. Mm. Um, uh, you know, uh, but yeah, he for me, he had the full package for sure. 
All right, toughest opponent. Anyone um, against? Probably, um, probably someone like Robert Ursel when he was at uh, uh, AFC Wimbledon, mm. um, because his ability and skill was just—it was unbelievable. You know, he and you know, especially against me. You know, if I was up against someone you know big and strong, I'm thinking, okay. I know the game. I've got half a chance here. Me and you can have a battle and see how we go and see who wins. But when you've got someone who's sort of the opposite to you, you know, who's tricky and fast and stuff, you know you're in trouble here, you know. But luckily back then, like I say, you know, I could give him a kick and knew he'd be a bit scared then and then that would quiet him down and he wouldn't want to He wouldn't want to get on the ball when I was near him because he knows another kick's coming, you know. And I knew Ursel. I knew him. He was, he was from my area and obviously he played at Windsor um, as well for a spell. Um and, you know, I'd just sort of pick him up off the floor and go, come on, I'll have, we'll have a beer in a bar afterwards. Let's just get on with it. The next one's coming. You're having it again, you know. Um, but he could, you know, he could make you look silly and probably did make me look silly a few times. And I'd seen him beat a player, wait for the player to come back and get up, and but just so he can beat him again. You know, he's that kind of player. And, you know, I was I was gutted when he came to Windsor because he, he was injured, I think, for most of his time there. And yeah. I think if, if he wasn't, he would have ended up being one of those fans' favourites because he'd have been on this show instead of me, you know, because he, yeah, his ability was second to none, yeah. One of the players I thought you were going to say then was the, um, is it Ian Hodges at Slough? Yeah. He was a good player. Me, he was a great player and me and him, I I didn't, uh, you know, I obviously was more worried about playing against Ursul and Hodges because Hodges was a player like me and he'd get stuck in and me yeah. and him had some great battles over the time. I think one time again, I think I might have flipping broke his nose or something. I think he'd like sort of, I think he'd headbagged me or something, sort of, or, or sort of, you know, throwing come and he flicked his head back and caught me in the face. So I think I, you know, broke his nose or something like, you know, we always had battles and then the game after that, after I'd done his nose, I remember the ball bouncing and I think he'd come on and he, he sort of like, as I went to head it, he sort of nearly flying kicked me in the face and that. But I quite enjoyed that, you know, because I knew, I knew I'd, I'd back myself to, you know, might win, might lose in the battle, but I knew yeah. where I would, you know. Um, you knew you was always in a game against someone like him or, you know, even playing against Craig O'Connor, someone like that, you know, you, you, you knew he was in it. But, but I, I sort of thrived on that, you know, and, and yeah, Hodges was a great player and, he, you know, he could score goals as well. And, you know, I just remember one corner once he ball come in and I was marking him tight and he literally just gave me a little jink and he just got a yard of me, bang, header in, done, thanks. And I'm standing there like a mug and he's just got a yard of me, you know, and you think, bloody hell, you know. Um, but I really enjoyed them rather than being fearful of them. Yeah. Like, that's what I enjoyed and that's what I thrived on, you know. And we had a lot of ding-dongs. I mean, Hodges, and he, look, he's a great guy and stuff and all that, you know, and, uh, and I enjoyed the times we played against each other, you know. Best manager you played under? For me, I think I think like I said, you know, I was fortunate at Windsor to have some some good managers, um, but I think Greeny would pip it because of his because of his man management and that ability. He knew the game well, played the game at that level. Um, I played with him, so I had that sort of rapport with him, and and he knew that he, he knew how to you know he would tell you just blatantly you know where you've gone wrong, and he'd tell you and you know it, and then. Ten minutes later, it's not like he'd ignore you in the in the in the clubhouse afterwards. He'd be there. Come on, let's go to the club. Let's have a few beers. Stay out with you all night after he's just dug you out in the changing room, buying you beers, showing you his magic tricks and with his cards and stuff and all that. And you'd forgotten about it, you know. So I think he had that ability to take it seriously when it needed to take it seriously, but also to let his hair down. You know, I think there was that time where he 
lost the bet to one of the supporters on the pool table and ended up having to take all his gear off in the clubhouse and run around the pool table naked. No, you won't get many managers doing that. No, but he had that, he had that ability to have that laugh and, and not care and stuff. But at the right time, you trained hard and you played right. And then afterwards, you, you enjoyed yourself. So I think because of that, and also because he brought me to the club, you know, um, yeah. if it wasn't for him asking me, you never know what the path might, might have led. So the fact that he brought me to the club and ended up playing, you know, all those, all those games there, that, uh, you know, Greeny would be the one for me, yeah. Okay, a, a two-parted final question. Was there ever a team or ground you played you played against or played at which you just knew, right, no matter what, I'm always going to do well playing against them? And then on the flip side, was there like a bogey side that no matter how well you might be playing, like, oh, I hate playing against them or I hate going to that ground. I always have a shocker there. I think I think the one I hated would have been Bracknell. Because at the time, I think they've improved it since, but there was a massive hill there. Yeah. And it was a massive pitch, which didn't suit me. Uh, and the hill, I struggled to run at the best of times, let alone going up a hill with like second half and stuff and that. So I, I hated it there. And and also once we um, we played there on a night game and the changing rooms got robbed and loads of loads of players had all their gear nicked and stuff and all, and all that. You know, some had put it in the valley bag, some who had, had it, had it all, all nicked. So... Anyway, we had obviously Peter Simpson at the time, who was a who was a solicitor and stuff, so he knew his stuff and he knew the laws. And he's like, oh, under section seven point six eight, they're supposed to supply a safe where we put the valuables in, and because they never, we can claim their insurance. The lads are like, great, and I was a skipper at the time, and he said, right, Dave, I'll give you the uh, I'll give you the list, write the list out what the the players had nicked, and then um, <laughs> come back to me. So of course you can imagine the list. It was like. Cartier watches, uh, Rolexes. Uh, I think people were like, you might as well put like golf clubs down there and, you know, elephants. It was just, the list was a joke and everyone, even though people had, everyone just piped, they thought it was a free-for-all and it was open season, you know. So this list that I wrote out and I was like, oh my God. So I was like, I hesitantly give it back to, to Peter Simpson. So there you go, Peter, there's a list. I just scurried away and got away from him. And uh, the next Saturday home game, I remember him after the game, he came come up into the bar and he had the list in his hand and he just gave me the list and said, don't ever try and embarrass me ever again. And, and that was it. Like, the li- that was over. He said, the claim's over. There's been no claim. And I was like, okay, sorry, Peter. And uh, I had to go back to the lads and say, sorry. Uh, and a few of the lads who generally had stuff nicked and I was like, well, look, we've blown it now. You know, like, you, you all tried to be too greedy and stuff. So that always had bad memories in my head. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but in terms of um, in terms of uh, the, the grounds or, or, or the team, for me it, it was this, you know Slough. I, I, I enjoyed enjoyed that game. I enjoyed I enjoyed you kind of enjoy it and hate it. It's a weird feeling, you know. You enjoy and look forward to it, and you, you kind of you know that Slough wins a rivalry, so you hate it, you know, hate it, you know. Uh, but you you look forward to it as well, you know. You, you look forward to it. So so it would have been probably. Slough in a weird way because I loved it and hated it at the same time. I think it was more the hate, you know, that was around the clubs for e- for each other, you know. And then was the other one the the best players? Did you say in the that I played with? So yeah, so it, yeah, in terms of obviously, and I mentioned the defenders, but in terms of uh, uh, best players, probably from a pure selfish point of view, for me it would have been Scotty and Dave Carroll, and luckily they played at the same time. But that's on a pure selfish point of view really because when I got into a hole and it was tight and at the back and there was a player on you Dave Carroll would just be there and he just knew where to go and he would yeah. just make he would make a yard of space and you would see two players on and I remember the first time I played with him I see two players on him 
and I just smashed it out or whatever. He's like, give me the ball. And I'm like, you got two players on? He said, don't worry about that. Just give me the ball. We'd take a yard. You know, and he, it was weird with Dave Gore. He wasn't particularly tricky or fast, but he just knew and he'd just drop a shoulder, create a yard, turn. Play, and you, So for me, that was unbelievable. I, I'd get in trouble and give it to him. And, and the same with Scotty, really. You know, if, if there was nothing gone, I could just literally smash the ball as high upfield as I could and he would get on the end of it. And it would make it look like it was a worldy ball from me. And it looks like I've found him and I, I played a cultured ball. But I just smashed it and didn't even look. And he would get on the end of it. And he would always there, head it or bring it down. So so those two players made, made me look better because they were so good. And, and you know, they were playing at a level much lower than they played. So, yeah, so they would be the two best players I played with for, from a pure selfish point of view, you know, because um, they made my game look better. It made it easier for me. Tilbs. <laughs> Thank you so much for tonight. I really appreciate it. Some great memories. Um, So, yeah, thank you. And thank you, everyone, for for listening and uh, downloading. And uh, look forward to um, chatting to you all soon. Thanks, mate. Thanks for the opportunity.